Welcome back to the Death Shifter Den. I know things have already been pretty crazy in the Death Shifter story, but with season one getting closer to an end, things seem even crazier. Let's recap the past couple of episodes. Let's start back from episode one, where the friends first find Clay. We've really come a long way since then. After they find Clay laying in the bush unconscious, they wake him up and become friends. They invite him to a party to celebrate Fay Day at the Von Von Von's castle mansion. We learned how to play Reign of Fire before the friends won and moved on to the next round. We also learned about Clay's abilities at the end of the episode. He gets squished by a porta potty and turns into it. I really enjoyed that first episode. When you first read the script to me, I laughed so hard when he got squished. It was so unexpected. The centaurs that were carrying the porta potty took them through the city of Falfar to a mysterious brick mansion. Vladimir von von von, father to Vince and Veronica, was revealed to be the owner of the home, as well as the mayor of the city our friends lived in. Not only that, but the porta potties weren't normal ones. They had portals inside of them that led to different parts of the world. We met Leroy in the science lab and killed Clay with a sledgehammer and laser gun, always having fun turning him into random things. Then the wizards and witches attacked Vlad's brick mansion. Before the friends could do any fighting, a witch named Cassandra and a wizard named Malachi spoke to Vlad and reminded him of a book they wanted. The book is pretty important to this story because it was written by an ancient banshee that is thought to no longer be alive. Ah, yes. The Song of Fire and Ice Cream. Get it? Because of a banshee? Weird name for a book. Anyway, it's written in the ancient banshee language that can't be deciphered without an actual banshee. The friends find this out from Vlad, and he tells them a little about the mission he's on. They join him and get sent to a place called Rasta Lake. I liked this part a lot. It opened up more of our world and showed our listeners that pretty much anything is possible in Death Shifter. The friends made it to the lake after getting a ride from the Hoof Bros. As they sat with their feet in the water, a Rastafarian mermaid appeared and called himself an Aquafarian before having the friends pile into a giant clam with a dome on top of it. He introduced himself as Troy and swam the friends deep underwater into a city called Winter's Dawn. It was thought to be lost thousands and thousands of years ago during the events of the Fade. But instead, it sunk down into the earth, settling underneath Rastafarian. The Aquafarians live there now, while watching close at the surface of life above, or surfy bros, as they like to say. He eventually took them to their great king, Poseidon, who is a Myrmazon, not an Aquafarian. They're slightly different in comparison. Basically, the Myrmazons are bigger and more badass. They also live further down underwater in a place called the Great Depths. As they're meeting him, Poseidon's brother, Tevin, comes in to try and take the throne. If the five of the friends weren't there, Tevin would have succeeded. The fight was pretty sweet. Clay fought as a trident from when Troy stabbed him, but he also turned into Tevin's whip and used it against him. The Aquafarians and their king were pleased, so they threw a party to celebrate. Wesley hooked up with Poseidon's daughter, Iris, and the friends stayed the night in the city. They were still on a mission looking for the book, so Poseidon and Iris sent them and a changed Tevin through a secret chamber toward the Earth's core. They arrive at the tube station and are greeted by a group that calls themselves the Allegiance of Eyes, or Allegiance. They tell them that they're in what is called the Underworld, and find out more secrets about Vladimir Von Von Von. We got to see all kinds of the secrets of the Ancients, and others thought to be extinct, as the friends made their way up to the massive castle to eat with everybody. Seth, the giant sloth, introduced them, but was interrupted by Tevin, trying to betray them and take Clay's necklace from them. Steve, the saber-toothed tiger, intervened and then slit Tevin's throat. That was pretty metal. After that, Seth gave the friends half the book that he had. They again were sent on their way through the other tube station. Took them to a place called Iro, where they met Shannon and a couple of other iron dwarves. Shannon took them out of Iro to Vlad waiting for them. They traveled back to his brick mansion where they got super high and drank wine from the halflings. Vlad told them about his life before Fade and how he became a vampire. We learned about his wife and his children by blood. Oh, and we learned about the mission he was on and why he's pretty much trying to save the world and unite the races. The night ends, and the friends take a portal back home. We finally got to see where they lived and found out Callie's a rich bitch because she used to be a treasure hunter. It was cool seeing the little family the friends have together, and interesting to hear about how Callie found the three friends after they'd been abandoned by their real families. Callie tells Clay he can live with him until his memory comes back. He accepts, and the five of them head into Unity's dream for the Snowy Wonderland Carnival. Callie's friend, an elf named Klaus of Debrusif, is their driver. He drops him off and waits with some hoof bros he knows. The friends, who are now known as the Valiant Five, are able to let loose and have some fun. 
Callie, Wesley, Herman, and Barry convince Clay to use his abilities to change into one of the rides, which causes a bit of commotion. One of our favorite parts in the season so far is right after when Clay tries to turn into one of the oversized hawks that we see. He succeeds in his plan, although he did get his ass kicked completely by a baby hawk. Clay walks towards the crowd in line, and they start to panic. Not because of Clay, though. Wizards soar by in the sky, throwing fireballs down onto the carnival. The friends make the decision to keep Clay away from the wizards and retreat. They find Colossus Debrusive and leave the carnival in his SUV. As they're driving away, a massive explosion erupts behind them. The energy from the blast catches up to them and knocks them off the road, causing them to slide down a mountain and crash into a wall. On the other side of that wall is a hidden forest covered in snow and ice. Klaus of Debrusif leads the friends through after revealing that Vlad sent him to find the friends and bring them to Frost Springs to meet the Yetis and their leader. Frost Springs is an entire city carved out of ice inside of an iceberg. It's incredible what those Yetis did. They get inside to find Vladimir von 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 and Titus, leader of the Yetis. He tells them of the imps and how they kidnapped a bunch of his people after attacking their home. They agree to help and team up with Titus's son, Justin. He takes them up to a cave where some fragments of the end portals were left. They use the fragments and then get transported to a mysterious place, and that ends up being where Clay's death guide is. Let's not forget that while this has been going on, the Hoof Bros, Floyd, Cloyd, Bloyd, and Bloyd, are outside of the science lab trying to help the scientists defend the attack from Leroy and the wizards and witches. We forgot to mention that Leroy leaves Vlad and starts working with Malachi and Cassandra. And boom, that catches us up to episode 8. I'm excited to see DG interact with Clay's friends and see what else is in this weird place. Hasn't been mentioned as much as it was in the past episodes, but I'm wondering how they're going to make it back to Vlad's mansion for the Reign of Fire tournament. I was thinking the exact same thing. I was really hoping that Wesley and the others would beat Veronica's ass in the championship game. I mean, there are clearly more important things happening in the story. The imps are turning out to be more obnoxious than Malachi and his wizards and witches. We'll just have to wait and see. Hopefully we get some answers this episode. Hey, where are Tori and DG? (laughs) Oh shit. I didn't know you guys started already. I guess I lost track of time. That happens. Are we, uh, missing some Callie? I mean, Tori? Tori isn't here? Hmm. Well, let's not worry about it right now. We've spent more than enough time with this recap, so we're going to skip questions this week and jump into the episode. If you guys are enjoying Death Shifter, please support us by subscribing and following us on the platform you're listening in on. Or check out our social media pages and follow us there. Share Death Shifter with your friends and help spread the word. Thanks and enjoy episode 8. Episode 8. Give me some of that good stuff. The five friends, along with Justin, sit in the Death Guide world with DG. A bubbling sound is heard under his hood while they stare at him. After a couple of seconds, he finally stands and looks at Clay. Sorry, man. This shit's really good. How long has it been since the last time you showed up here? Clay looks around at the others before replying. Uh, just the other day when we were at the carnival and that hawk killed me. Wesley laughs. Yeah, dude, a baby hawk beat Clay's ass. DG turns and looks over at the gray shack in the distance. Oh yeah, that's right. I won 50 bucks from Death Guy George when we watched it happen. Death Guy George, the, uh, good stuff. Oh yeah, the gray shack. Did we talk about it all last time you were here? Sorry, this stuff is really strong. Callie chuckles while standing and walking over to him. Oh, come on. Sharing is caring. He looks back at her, taking a couple of seconds to think. You gotta have your own piece, man. The one I have under my robe? Well, it's attached, and I, uh, I don't think you want to use that one. Callie erupts into laughter while Herman reaches into his pocket and pulls out a ballpoint pen. I could really use some, too. Here, Callie, I'm pretty sure you could turn this into one, right? Barry scoffs while flying over. Well, everything does appear to be on fire, so we might as well get high. Puff, puff, pass, Herm. Wesley looks at Clay with a smile on his face. It'll be just like that trinif we had with Vlad. Might as well enjoy ourselves with your death guide while he attempts to explain what the fuck's going on. Clay watches DG pull out a bag full of green, blue, purple, and orange herbs. Callie pulls apart the ballpoint pen before reaching into the bag. 
The friends eagerly watch as she breaks apart the different colored herbs and places them in the makeshift pipe. DG pulls down his hood, revealing his decrepit face. He smiles while tossing her a lighter. Be careful. It'll knock you on your ass. Callie catches it and smiles wide before lighting the good stuff and taking a puff. She coughs while blowing out the smoke. (coughs) Holy balls! I have been around a long time, and this is some of the best shit I have ever had. DG nods as she passes it to Herman. That's why we call it the good stuff. Herman grabs the pipe and takes a puff. He can barely hold it in and coughs. (coughs) Holy Orcog Day! I can already feel it. Barry reaches over and grabs it from him. They inhale and hold it in before blowing the smoke out. Mmm, such flavor fuzz. Wesley takes it from them and takes a puff before coughing and handing it to Clay. <coughs> oh, damn. I think it comes pretty close to the wine I had with the halflings. Clay grabs it from him and looks at the others with their eyes barely open. He takes a puff before blowing the smoke out. Ooh, fucking shit, man. That's, that's some strong stuff. Justin, you want some? He holds it out to their newly acquainted Yeti friend. He takes a couple seconds before walking over and grabbing it. My father wanted me to come with the five of you and experience what I could. So here it goes. He takes a puff before slowly sitting down on the ground next to the others. You weren't kidding. It already knocked me on my ass. Everyone erupts into laughter as they pass the pipe around. The bubbling sound is heard under DG's robe again. This is nice. <sighs> smoke sessions like this never happen anymore. All the other death guides like to smoke alone. I don't fucking get it. Death guide George and death guide Dev are really the only ones that talk to me. The others, I, I don't know. They're weird, man. Clay looks back at him, confused. That's it? You only talk to two of the other death guides here? There are like a thousand of them walking around behind us, right? Is that real? They're walking in and out of that shed way over there. Barry floats into the air and looks with him. Alright, we're both really high, but yeah, I see that. Callie starts to laugh while plopping down on the couch. You mean to tell me that an ancient order of hundreds of people who guide you through death exist, and only three of you talk? That has to be the most next-level laziness I have ever heard of. No wonder you call this the good stuff. Barry falls from the air, but Herman stands and catches them. He turns to DG. All of the Death Guides are wearing hoods. You took yours off. Do any of the others ever remove theirs? Wesley leans forward and looks at his face. I mean, even though you're all, like, dead-looking, you can still make out that you used to be some sort of fairy. Justin joins in while staring at DG. How? No one even remembers there being fairies. They disappeared long before Fade eh? DG stares back, confused. Fairies. I can't remember being anything other than a death guide. Barry jumps out of Herman's arms and sits on the couch next to Callie. Ooh, hold up. I'm having an apostrophe. I learned about fairies while living in Luminessa. Legends were that our ancestors weren't like us or even the Fae. They were evil, despicable creatures that loved to cause mischief and mayhem. No one in my village had ever seen one. They were just stories. As far as I'm concerned, fairies never even existed. Wesley scoffs. <laughs> I don't know, Barry. We had similar stories about the fairies, but my grandpa Ed swore that he encountered some long ago. He said they were a lot nicer than everyone really made them out to be. You can ask him yourself at the Reign of Fire tournament. Callie sits forward with a serious look on her face. Oh, they exist all right. They are every bit as real as any of us are. I may have never encountered one, but my father did. And let me say, I have never seen his jimmy so rustled in my entire life. Still brings a chill down my spine when I think about it. (sighs) Justin stands and starts to look closer at DG. My grandfather is still alive inside of Frost Springs. He encountered a fairy long ago before Fade Day. He told us that this fairy was the last of his kind and had just suffered a devastating defeat. It never told him what happened. Just that it needed help with a place to stay for the night. My grandfather brought him to Frost Springs and tended to his wounds. After healing him, the fairy fell asleep till the morning. He watched over him until the sun rose, and as it did, something happened. A small orange portal appeared over the fairy, and a creature in a hooded robe jumped out. 
It grabbed the fairy and disappeared back into the portal, never to be seen again. Knowing what I know now, it's apparent that an imp kidnapped the fairy. But there's something else. He told us that the fairy had a scar on its back in the shape of an X where its wings used to be. DG puts his hands on his head. Are you saying that I'm the fairy from your grandfather's store? Clay stands and walks over to DG. It's alright. He doesn't want to hurt you or anything like that. But DG, do you have a scar on your back? He shrugs his shoulders while sitting on the ground. I don't know, man. Here, just look and get it over with. He turns around and Clay lifts the back of his robe up. The friends all sit forward and stare at two scars going diagonally across his back, forming an X. Clay lets go of the robe and sits back down next to him. DG turns around. So... was it there? Clay looks around at the others before staring at him. Yeah, man. Two scars make an X on your back, right where your wings would have been. They all sit quietly for a moment. Barry stands off the couch and breaks the silence. This is amazing. You could be one of the last of your race. Justin nods his head. Yeah, if you're having memory problems, we can take you back to the Frost Springs to talk to my grandpa. He'll remember you. Callie laughs. <laughs> you could also lay off the sauce, you fucking junkie. DG stands and looks at Justin. It's not possible for me to leave here. Death Guide Reggie did a while back, and he died as soon as he got past the boulder blocking our exit. Wesley stands and stretches. Whoa, you saw him die as soon as he got out? DG shakes his head while standing. Well, no, but we did hear him scream really loud for a long time. Then it stopped, and we never saw him again, so we assumed he died. Herman stands and looks around at the other death guides walking past them. He notices that some of them keep turning and looking at them. Yeah, but what about the other death guides? Have you ever seen them take their hoods off? DG turns and looks at the other death guides with Herman. Death Guide George and Death Guide Dev are the only two faces that I have seen around here well. Besides all of yours, why? Clay jumps to his feet and stands next to them. And you never thought to question that? Fuck, guys, we came here following the imps. Callie turns and looks at the death guides. Shit's so good we forgot about the mission. Where are those fucking imps? Justin focuses on the gray shack. He notices that the only ones walking into it have a green hood instead of a black one. No, not all of the death guides here are imps. Just the ones that have the green hoods. They're going into that shack for a reason. I bet that's where they've been hiding. Clay and his friends shake off the feeling from the good stuff and start to walk towards the gray shack. DG stops them. Wait, it looks closer than it actually is. The forest of madness will surround you and, well, cause you to go mad. We've lost a couple other death guides in here, too. From time to time, you can still hear their screams. Plus, the scary-ass redcaps live in there. Callie turns to the others. Yeah, no. Hard pass. The redcaps can suck my fat dick. Barry agrees. Oh, yeesh. Gross, Cal. But yeah, those legends give me the chilly willies. Clay looks at Herman. My memory is still shit. You're gonna have to tell me what these things are. Herman nervously chuckles. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. Redcaps are, well, they're fairies that got mutated together with gnomes and goblins using magic. It was said that one of the Ancient of Ancients, like the one that created the Vampire Serum, was bored of his work and wanted something more exciting. So he went out and created the Red Caps. Wesley shakes his head. It's said that their minds are so twisted from being combined like that, I don't even want to think of the things those little bastards would do to us. Justin nods. Is there another way to the shack? DG shakes his head. Nope, afraid not. But... If I come as your guide, I think I can get you through without the redcaps attacking. Callie looks back at the forest of madness as it starts to move and block the way to the shack. It's like the treeple are in our heads or something. Oh well, fuck it. Let's go. Herman follows behind her. Yeah, this is odd. It seems like someone might be controlling it. DG runs forward and gets in front of them. Clay, Wesley, Barry, and Justin follow behind. They all stop at the front of the forest and watch as DG stares into it. This is the first time going through without needing more of the good stuff. You guys ready? They follow him inside. The dying trees stand high, blocking the light from outside. Growls are heard as they make their way down a dirt path. Clay looks over and sees something red moving through the bushes. Guys, something's following us. DG turns and looks. We know you're there, Redcap. Show yourself. The wrestling in the bushes stops. A couple of seconds pass before a small creature wearing a red hat jumps out. 
It growls at them while revealing its sharp teeth. Oh, you dare come through the forest when it's not your turn? Why should I let you and your pretty friends hear through, Death Guide? DG looks at the others before pulling out his bag of the good stuff. I have quite the peace offering to you and the other Redcaps. You watch this forest and let those who come from the Grey Shack tell you what to do? You never get any of the good stuff. Why is that? The Redcap approaches him while sniffing. Hey, uh, I don't know the answer to that. I'm just a scout. You'll have to talk with our leader, Colin Stren. Give me the bag while I take you to him. DG waves for the others to follow behind him and the Redcap. It keeps talking while leading them through the bushes and trees. Hey, the ones from the shack aren't like you or the other death guides. We haven't seen their faces. Colin Stren believes them to be imps. They get to a pyramid made from stone, hidden away by the massive trees. The redcap runs over to a statue of a fae, with its wings spread wide and a sword in its hand. He takes off his hat and places it over the sword. The statue trembles before lowering into the ground and creating steps to a doorway. The redcap smiles. Welcome to the fae's last known city before vanishing, Entrasda. It was a fey word. We believe that it means... Barry jumps forward in amazement while interrupting him. <gasps> it means transcend. I learned that from my parents. The redcap continues to smile while watching Barry float into the air to look at the pyramid. Ah, your parents must have been bright to have been able to understand the language of the fae. Come, let us go inside and speak with Colin Stren. Clay looks at the others before following the redcap. This guy is way nicer and nothing like you described. You think they're all like him? Callie laughs while walking down the steps. <laughs> the only way out is through. Suck it up, buttercups. The others walk down the steps and stand in a massive catacomb. The red cap walks past the sarcophagi and stands on the other end, waving at them. All of those were there when we found this place long ago. We aren't sure if it's Faye inside or some other creatures. The friends start to walk through the cemetery while Herman lags behind, examining everything. Couldn't be any of the Fae. They all vanished on Fae Day. Maybe they were others that died before them? What other creatures would it be? Wesley yells back to him. Let's go, Herb. They're all dead. They can wait for you to come back later for an examination. Barry laughs. <laughs> yeah, they aren't going anywhere anytime soon. Callie smiles at the red cap. So, were you going to introduce yourself, or can I just call you Dieter Pinklage? The red cap scoffs. <laughs> My name is Garland Fills. Clay stands next to Callie. Garland Fells. Huh, that's an interesting name. He starts to walk down the hallway made from stone and sand. Uh, well, no need to gargle my balls about it, laddie. We redcaps keep the names from the ones before we emerged. My fairy name was Garland, and my gnome name was Fells. So I go by the two together now to honor who they were before becoming me. We're not evil or bad like the stories you've heard about us. I mean, okay, everyone's got some bad guys like the redcaps, but the ones here in Entrasda, well... They don't wear the red hats like us anymore. We call them gold caps. Justin sighs. Well, that's a relief to hear. The stories make it seem like the red caps are... Well, I'm sorry. Garland Fells smiles at him. <laughs> it's all right, laddie. We're used to it. That's why we stay hidden here in the Forest of Madness. It's a good name to keep everyone out. They continue walking until they get to an elevator that leads up to the center of the pyramid. Garland Fells removes his hat again and places it on a knob sticking out of the wall. The platform underneath them begins to move and carries them up. It stops and a door opens in front of them, revealing hundreds of other redcaps in fancy suits and dresses dancing on a marble floor. A glimmering silver ball spins above them as lights slowly flash to the music playing in the background. Garland Fells walks off the elevator and into the room. He again waves for the friends to follow. Don't ever say that Disco died. Come, we're almost to Colin Stren. Oh, and don't mind the party. His daughter Mandy is having her sweet 16 today. He leads them through the party to a giant door in the back. They walk through and he closes it behind them. Colin Stren and his wife are just around the corner. You didn't hear this from me, but they're growing tired of the imps telling them what to do. DG smiles while leading the friends. Thanks for the tip. Everyone else, stay cool and just, uh, let me do the talking. They follow him around the corner and stand in front of a massive bed with two red caps sitting on the edge in suede pajamas and crowns on their heads. DG bows. It's an honor to be here in Entrasda standing in front of the great Colin Stren. Colin Stren leans forward. Hmm, cut the bullshit, Death Guide. What do the imps want now? DG stands and looks up at him. Uh, we're not here for the imps? 
We're seeking safe passage through the Forest of Madness so that we can put an end to whatever the imps are doing. Colin Strand looks over to his wife. Miranda Jelly, what do you think? His hood is off. None of the other so-called death guides have ever revealed their faces to us. She leans forward with her husband. Hmm. Look closely through his decrepit face and you can still see the fairy that he used to be. Do you remember anything before being a death guide? He shakes his head while kneeling. I don't. Until my friends here told me. I thought I'd been a death guide my whole life. All I know is those bastard imps have something to do with it and they took my fucking wings. Colin Strand stands on the bed while looking down. Hmm, a death guide who used to be a fairy. An orc, an elf, a dragon, a pixie, a yeti, and a human. What a wacky group of creatures you have. If you are wanting to get rid of the imps from here, then the redcaps will assist you. Miranda Celli stands tall next to him. News travels even to a place like this. We know of your heroics, Valiant Five. The redcaps of Entrosta are part of the Legions. Before she can say anything else, a door to the left of the bed opens and Vladimir von 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 walks out. Ha 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 ha. My suspicions of the imps were true, but you are the ones that actually found them. They've been hiding in plain sight after all these years. Thank you for helping me discover their whereabouts. DG steps forward, confused. Oh, for Pete's sake, how are you all here? I thought this place was sealed off from the rest of the world. What else has been a lie? Vlad walks over and stands in front of him. I'm sorry, but I don't know anything about you death guides or where we actually are. I had one of my scientists replicate a fragment I recovered from one of the imp portals long ago when they killed my beloved Camilla. Once my scientists made the portal to come here, I got lost in the forest and almost went mad. But Garland Fells found me and brought me here to Entrasda to meet Colin Stren and his lovely wife Miranda Shelley. I've been working closely with them and brought them into the Allegiance of Ice. Soon they will be accepted to come back to the surface like the other ancients that stay in hiding. But until we get out of this massive cavern we're in, or capture an imp, we won't truly know if we're on Earth. Herman jumps in excitement. Guys, how awesome would it be if some science fiction shit happened and we get to go to space next? Wesley erupts into laughter. <laughs> Here we go again. You're too damn big, Herm. Barry joins in with him. No, what about that 90s movie Rocket Orc with Warland Hilliams? Callie sniffles while thinking about it. Every time this comes up, my mind flashes to the rope breaking and it hurts my heart. Fuck that weak ass rope and no, I'm not crying. You're crying. Clay looks at Vlad. He shrugs his shoulders. Uh, I never saw that one. Didn't seem like my cup of uh, blood. I don't think you'll end up in space though, Herman. Colin Stren jumps down from the giant bed and stands in front of DG. Us Redcaps need some sort of contract with you. We want to be sure that you won't betray us. The other death guides we've met have been, hmm, shady. DG looks over at Garland Fells. Do you still got that bag of good stuff I gave you? Colin Stren gasps as Garland Fells walks over while pulling it out. I, he said he'd share it with us since the imps never let us have any. Miranda Celli jumps off the bed and stands next to them, sniffing the bag. It smells so good. All right, we're going to have a nice long smoke sesh with your death guide while the six of you go with Flat. Apparently, you have some sort of tournament that's about to start. Once you're done, we'll have our army of redcaps ready to attack the imps with you. Clay watches as DG takes a seat with the redcaps while more start to pile into the room. He turns back to his friends. We must have lost track of time. Let's get to the tournament and let DG handle planning the attack with the redcaps. DG smiles at them before tilting his head down into his robe and taking a hit of the good stuff. Clay and the others walk through the Redcaps and get to Vlad. Justin steps forward. Are you sending me back to the Frost Springs? Vladimir von 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 looks at the friends. I told Titus to ask when you returned, but since I'm seeing you first, Valiant Five, Titus requested that Justin joined you for a little while. The choice is completely up to you, though. I understand that you have more than enough room in your house, Kelly. <laughs> oh, and I can put the science lab into one of your empty rooms for Herman. It would be nice to have another one anyways. Herman looks over at Callie in excitement. She scoffs while looking at Vlad. <sighs> Vlad, I don't know why you have to be such a penis, but you couldn't wait and not bring it up until later? I have never taken in a Yeti, but I suppose I'll leave this one up to Clay and everyone else. Clay nods while looking at the others. Uh, that how you all feel? 
Wesley, Herman, and Barry walk and stand behind Callie before nodding. Barry looks over at Justin. Justin might be able to help you piece together some of your own history, Clay. Yetis have been around a long time. Herman starts to walk towards the door Vlad came out of. Clay can make the decision, but I do agree with Barry that Justin's knowledge would be helpful. Wesley pats Clay on the back before following him. Don't be a dick. Let the guy join our awesome family. Barry and Callie walk past Clay toward the door while he sits staring at Justin. Vlad joins the others and stands looking back at him. What's it going to be, Clay? We need to get going. I want to be there for the beginning. Otherwise, Vince and Veronica are going to steal my thunder. Clay takes a deep breath before looking at his friends. No, fuck that. I don't trust him. He stays here and finds his own way back home. He walks past Justin while his friends watch in disbelief. Clay gets to the door and starts to laugh. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Justin, of course you can join us. Justin wipes away his tears while walking toward them. Wait, are you being serious? You really had me going there. The others shake their heads while Callie reaches over and places her hand on Clay's shoulder. One of the many reasons it was a no from me, dog. We are definitely going to need to work on those jokes of yours. Clay chuckles while looking around. (laughs) You guys didn't think that was funny? They shake their heads while Justin stands next to them. (laughs) I think it's funny now, but I didn't when I didn't know it was a joke. Clay smiles while walking through the door. Eh? See? He thinks it's funny now. Wesley laughs while closing the door behind everyone. I already like this, Yeti. You'll get a proper one when we get home. But welcome to our little family. Justin smiles wide while looking at a porta potty. Thank you. You don't know how much that actually means to me. A little off topic, but why are we staring at a porta potty? Vlad laughs while opening the door. <laughs> My hairy friend, this is no ordinary porta potty. Step inside and see for yourself. Justin looks to the others while smiling. Okay. It's kind of weird. It's just a porta potty. But whatever, here I go. Stepping inside of the porta potty. He walks in and stands uncomfortably, looking at the others while they smirk back at him. Alrighty. Now what? Vlad stands smiling. Now, we'll see you on the other side. <laughs> Justin gets a concerned look on his face as Vlad shuts the door. He turns back to the others. Justin is big yeti, huh? Six of us should be able to squeeze in together. Vlad opens the door and they pile in before he shuts it. The flash of light appears, blinding them. It fades away and they're standing in Vlad's master bedroom in his castle mansion. Justin runs around the room in a panic. What the fuck just happened? How did I get here? Where did the porta potty go? Barry flies over to him. Easy, buddy. Easy, Justin. Vlad has a bunch of these portal potties. It's just science, Herman. Herman smiles while walking over and placing his hand on his back. It's odd going through them first, but you'll eventually get used to it. Vlad walks to the bedroom door and opens it. This stage overlooking the tournament is where you'll be sitting, Justin. There is a seat for you next to a good friend of mine named Steve. He's a saber-toothed tiger. You're going to meet some fascinating creatures as well as witness one of the greatest drinking games ever created. Enjoy yourselves with food, drink... Triniff, and the excitement going on around you. Justin calms down and is overcome with joy. Man, things are way different from Frost Springs already. I need to change the way I look at things or else I'm going to be in a constant freakout. Callie smiles while walking past him. Oh, I have a remedy for that. It's called vodka. Wesley laughs while following behind her. As dumb as it sounds, she isn't wrong. Just don't drink too much, though. You still want to be able to enjoy yourself and not regret anything tomorrow. Callie. Clay follows and stops at the door. He looks back to Barry. We need to start preparing. We're making it to the finals to be Veronica's team. Sorry, Herm. He tips his pretend hat to Clay. Oh, I am expecting to see you guys in the finals. The two giggle while Barry rolls their eyes. (laughs) God, you two are embarrassing. Oh man, let's go win this awesome, stupid, dangerous game that I love to play. The two walk out of the room while Herman turns to Justin. Well, I need to go find my girlfriend and the rest of the team. You can hang with me and I'll show you where the stage is. Justin follows Herman out of the room. Thanks, man. So is is this like a big event or... They get to the staircase and hear the music playing below. 
Herman smiles back at him. Big event is a bit of an understatement. You'll see. They get to the bottom of the stairs and see thousands of different creatures packed into the castle mansion. Herman starts to walk through the crowd and gets to the kitchen. He sees a bottle of deckhand Danny's and grabs it. Herman yells out to everyone. Who wants to take a shot with a Yeti? The crowd of creatures cheer while putting up a shot glass. Herman fills them up before taking a swig and passing it to Justin. He grabs the bottle and takes a big gulp from it while the creatures take their shots. Herman smiles. Hell yeah, Justin, there you go. Now keep taking sips of that and get some mead from that cooler over there. He nods his head while following Herman out the door to the backyard. Justin looks on in awe. This is somebody's house? Herman nods. Yeah, it is Vlad and all the other Von Von Vons that he shares it with. They continue through the crowd of creatures until they get to a field in front of the golden staircase. Herman points over to a raised stage just to the side of the field. You can find the seat over there. Vlad and the others will join you shortly. Justin smiles while taking the bottle of Deccan Danny's with him to find a seat. Herman turns and sees Bernice standing with Veronica Von 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 and Glop. He smiles while walking toward them, passing his friends. Good luck in your games. You guys better make it to the finals. Wesley laughs while smacking him on the back as he passes. Better worry about your own team, Herm. We're going to make it, and we better be playing you guys, so don't suck. He continues to walk past them as Callie kneels down into a huddle with Clay, Barry, and Wesley. All right, so here's the deal. A good amount of teams couldn't make it back. All we need is two more dubs, and we are in the finals. We just need to stay focused, keep our eyes on the prize, and we will be pounding some Bon 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 ass in no time. Just don't drop the fucking ball, Wes. Ready? Break. Barry smiles at her. I'm ready. I'm on. I'm focused. I wish I was drunker. Wesley looks over to the side and sees a keg of mead. Yeah, maybe let's go uh, huddle up next to the mead and prepare ourselves further, Barry. They make their way through the crowd and stand next to the keg while a vampire bartender pops up from a table behind it. Well, hello there. Are you just partaking in the tournament? Or just a mere spectator? Clay looks back at him, confused. Uh, does it matter? We're playing in the tournament. The vampire bartender chuckles. It absolutely matters. The players get much bigger glasses to drink out of than a spectator. Here you go. He hands over four glasses, almost too big to hold. The friends grab them and fill them up with mead before reforming their huddle. Clay looks around at them while taking a drink. Man, this stuff is good. So what's our plan going into this? Are we going easy the first two games to keep our energy for the third? Wesley nods. I do always like that strategy, but honestly, it just kind of depends on our opponents at this point. We can't really underestimate anyone. Callie shakes her head. No, we aren't holding back shit. Remember that time in dodgeball when they win at the end? It's because they didn't hold anything back. Play the fucking game to win, you silly nannies. Barry takes a sip of the mead. It's like the wild fucking west out here. We need to be on our toes. I know I said this is a dumb drinking game, but all these other fantastical fucks won't be playing that way. Clay sits up and notices Veronica's team looking at them. Veronica's team is going to be able to go with the taking it easy strategy until we play them. They'll have that advantage, but it'll get to their heads. We got this. Just as Veronica is about to walk over to Callie, Vlad walks out of the giant guest house behind the golden staircase. Vince, Von Von Von, King Zion, Shannon, Paul Sidon, Iris, Steve, and Seth follow behind him and make their way to the race stage. They take their seats as Vlad stands tall in front of them, looking down at the teams and crowd. Hello! It is my great honor to welcome everyone here for the Reign of Fire tournament. I don't want to take much time, but I do have some very important friends that I must introduce to everyone. The crowd whispers among themselves while staring up at the ancients and endangered species that they've never seen before. Vlad smiles while continuing to yell. Behind me, I have King Zayan, the fearless leader of the Iron Dwarves, and his daughter, Shannon. Then we have two Mermazons, the great King Poseidon and his daughter, Iris. From the Frost Springs, a Yeti, Justin. And lastly, we have Steve, one of the last saber-toothed tigers alive, and Seth, the very last living giant sloth on Earth. The crowd of creatures continues to whisper before erupting into a cheering roar. Vince Von 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 steps forward. 
Yes, thank you, Father. Make sure to make all these lovely ancients feel welcomed if you see them after the games. But we need to stay on schedule, so it's time to continue the Reign of Fire Tournament! They wait eagerly as Vlad holds up the reform bracket of teams. Wesley pumps his fist. Fuck yeah, boy! We get to play in the first game? Let's kick some ass and show everyone what we're made of. Barry jumps up and down next to him. <laughs> yeah, maybe we could scare some of these punks into forfeiting. Callie and Clay smile while walking behind the two of them towards the staircase. They get to the top and watch as a team of leprechauns walk out of the crowd to join them. Callie gasps. Ugh, must be the luck of the fucking Irish. There's no way these little ginger bastards should still be in this thing. Wesley gets irritated. Seriously? These fuckers don't even play the game. Barry turns and looks at them. Guys, we got this. Just empty your pockets now so they have nothing to steal. The friends empty their pockets to find that none of them had anything of value anyways. They laugh while one of the leprechauns walks over and kicks Clay on the shin. Don't underestimate us, you bastards. We're here to win this year, Boyle. The three other leprechauns growl while standing behind him. Yeah! Callie laughs while kneeling in front of them. <laughs> Let's just say you guys should be in a different league. But not like the good kind, more like the little leagues. The leprechauns get angry and are about to start a fight, but Vince von 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 yells. Okay there, let's save our prejudice and feistiness for the games. If both teams are here, then let's begin. Elf, your team will go first. Callie nods her head while walking to the top of the stairs. She looks down at Barry, Clay, and Wesley. Okay, so the tiny boys on the other team don't stand a chance. They were lucky enough to get this far in the first place. Barry, you just get a good shot up, and Clay and Wesley just need to get it in the cup. After that, we are golden. Wes, if you drop the ball, I swear to fucking Cthulhu. Barry readies themselves at the bottom of the track while watching Clay and Wesley walk out to the field with the two leprechauns. They give the thumbs up to Callie. She nods to the vampire holding the torch. He walks over and lights the ball on fire. Callie grabs the hilt of the blade holding the ball and pulls it to the side. The flaming ball flies down the track with Barry balancing it with ease. It gets to the bottom and they fling the track into the air, causing the ball to launch out over the field. Clay and Wesley take off into a sprint, with the leprechauns waiting in front of them. They lower their shoulders and blast into them, causing them to fly back and hit the ground. <laughs> Wesley jumps and pats the ball toward the cup. Clay follows and slaps it down into the water. He high-fives Wesley. Bro! Great job! Wesley laughs while running back to play defense. He looks at Callie coming down the stairs. Get another good shot on the next one. They aren't scoring on us. The leprechauns get back and stand ready on offense as the vampires switch the cups around. The ball gets lit and the leprechauns take their turn. It flies down and gets to the bottom where the other leprechaun lifts the track, fleeing the ball into the air. The other two sprint after it, but Clay and Wesley stand waiting for them. They both reach out and grab the leprechaun's arms, keeping them away from the flaming ball that soared past the cup. Vince von 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 yells into the mic. Oh, this is not looking good for those little leprechaun fellas out there. They're already down by one, and that last shot wasn't even close. Barry drops the flaming ball down the track and watches as Callie readies herself at the bottom. She lifts it into the air, causing the ball to fly into the sky. She yells out to her teammates, chasing after it. Nobody do anything! Clay and Wesley run to the sides, bringing the leprechauns with them. They stop running and watch as the flaming ball falls straight into the cup. The crowd cheers while Callie bows to everyone. The leprechauns take their next turn and crumble under the pressure. They drop the ball off the track. This time, Vladimir Von 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 yells out. The leprechauns go down 2-0 to zero as the team switch their positions around. If Wesley the Dragon and his team make this shot, it's over. But before we have them go on, we have two more ancients joining us today. Everyone hears a loud burst of wind before looking up. Two dragons of legend descend from the sky and land on the raised stage behind Vlad. These are two very old friends of mine, Sir Edgerton Valshire and Lady Ingrid Fallopen. The crowd sits in awe, staring up at the massive dragons, while Wesley takes a deep breath before gulping down some mead. Well, there he is, my Grandpa Ed. After all these years, he's finally here in front of me. I guess I need to prove myself. Clay looks down from the top of the stairs. Wes, you got this. Wesley looks back up at him and nods. Clay drops the flaming ball down the track and watches with anticipation. 
Wesley grips the handle of the track tight while steering it back and forth, balancing the ball. It gets to the bottom and he thrusts it into the air. The ball flies high into the sky, going for the cup. Callie and Barry sprint after it and pass by the leprechauns. The ball falls short, but Barry pats it over to Callie, who then smacks it in. The crowd jumps in excitement while cheering. The ancients on the race stage join in with them, while Edgerton looks over and nods at Wesley. Before he can nod back, his teammates run over and start celebrating with him. Callie stops and smiles at Wesley. Hardest part is in the wind. You good over there? He smirks back. Yeah, my grandpa can wait until after the tournament to see me. Let's go get a good spot to watch Herman play. They follow him off the field while Vince Von 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 yells to the crowd. Well, the leprechauns made it further than they normally do, but their chance of winning is gone. Callie, Wesley, Barry, and Clay move on to the next round. Now let's watch as the favorite to win this year plays. The friends sit in front of the stage watching as Veronica, Von Von Von, Klopp, Bernice, and Herman make their way up the stairs. Their opponents walk out of the crowd. Two chimeras, a werewolf, and another human-sized dragon. Vince Von 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 speaks again. It looks like everyone's ready, but instead of me announcing this one, I'm going to give the honors over to King Cyan, who came all this way from Iroh. King Cyan stands and looks out to the crowd. Oi, me son Glop is competing in this tournament, so I'm a little biased towards his team. But good luck out there, and may the best reign of fire players win. Veronica readies herself at the bottom of the track while Glop drops the flaming ball. She wastes no time and launches it through the air. Herman turns toward Bernice. Sorry I've been so distant and not been able to talk much over the past week. Bernice smiles back at him. You don't have to apologize. Vonnie mentioned something about you going on important missions for her father. No need to explain. He gets excited. Oh, really? So you're not mad? She shakes her head. Just fill me in on everything that's happened when you can. I'd love to hear all about it while we do science. King Zion yells back out to the crowd as the ball lands directly in the cup. Yo-ho-ho! A shot straight out of a cannon from Veronica Von Von Von. Her teammates didn't even have to play. The two chimeras ready themselves on offense, waiting for their teammates to launch the ball. The werewolf drops it while the dragon waits and hoists the track into the air, causing the ball to fly toward the cup. One of the chimeras does a spin move and gets past Bernice. Herman notices and leaves the one he was guarding. He runs as fast as he can towards the cup and jumps in front of the diving chimera. Its hand reaches out to be met by Herman's chest. The ball flies past the cup and hits the ground. This time, Shannon yells on the mic. What an incredible display of defense from Herman. Great effort from the Chimera, too. Veronica Von 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 gets to the top of the stairs and drops the ball for Glop. He concentrates and lifts the track at the very last second. The flaming ball soars through the sky toward the cup. Herman and Bernice run out to be met by the Chimeras. They both jump onto Herman, letting Bernice pass. She gets to the cup just as the ball falls and hits the edge. She uses her one touch to lift it back up and over into the water. Glop yells out to her. Great save, Bernice! I owe you one! Bernice smiles at him while running back to play defense. Just make sure we keep on winning. The other team gets ready, and the dragon drops the flaming ball down the track. The werewolf gets an itch and takes their hands off, causing the ball to fly off. King Zion laughs over the mic. Oh, oi, come on, you can't take your hands off the track like that. That's letting your team down. Bonnie's team is now up 2-0. If they make the next shot, this old sea dog and his team are done. Glop and Veronica wait on the field as Herman gets to the top of the stairs. He looks down at Bernice. You gotta make this shot. If not, you owe me breakfast at our favorite diner tomorrow. She smirks back at him while gripping the track tight. And if I do make it, then you owe me breakfast at our diner and a full day of science. Herman raises his eyebrow while smiling and dropping the flaming ball. It rolls down the track toward the bottom. Bernice lifts it and sends the ball sailing through the air. Veronica and Glop chase after it and stop at the cup. Veronica smiles at Glop. Touch it or no? He smiles while walking away. No, it looks like it's going in. Veronica follows behind him as the werewolf and dragon watch helplessly as the ball plops into the water. Vince Von 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 yells into the mic as the crowd cheers. The shooting going on right now is insane. Veronica, Glop, Bernice, and Herman move on to the next round. They walk off the field and find a spot along the raised stage next to Callie's team. Veronica looks over and waves to her while smiling. She scoffs while looking out to the field as the next two teams make their way to the staircase. Can't wait to clap them cheeks twice.
Clay looks at her confused. Twice? Callie smirks while licking her lips. <laughs> Bonnie tends to get clingy and horny when she loses. Wink, wink. Wesley looks out to the field in disgust. I don't think any of us really needed to hear that, but you do you, Callie. Barry laughs while resting against the stage. It was TMI for sure, but Callie's desire to dominate things sexually significantly enhances her sports performance. Clay sits back and laughs with his friends while listening to Vince Von 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 yell into the microphone. I hope the rest of you are as excited as I am. We have two more games before we start the final four. Are the next two teams ready? They get to their positions and look up to Vince. His smile fades as he stares back at them. Let it rain. A fire. The crowd sits quietly staring at him. He clears his throat and tries again. <clears throat> okay, sorry about that. Didn't sound very good after saying it. How about we just go with begin? The ball drops down the track, starting the match. Man, the Red Caps finally showed up. I'm stoked about those little bastards. I was worried they were going to be assholes, but it turns out they're pretty cool. Seems like they're going to help the friends with the imp problem. Your questions were answered, though. They made it back to the Reign of Fire tournament just in time. Of course, it was because of Vlad. He has those damn portal potties everywhere. Seriously, I like the two different stories going on, but was a little upset that we didn't get any more of the hoof bros fighting with the scientists. But, I mean, I like the setup so far. Some shit's definitely about to go down. Yeah, I don't know if it was wise leaving DG alone with the red caps, smoking the good stuff, but, you know, what do I know? The next episode seems like it's going to be epic, though. Random fire tournament going on, DG with the red caps, and the hoof bros and scientists fighting off Leroy and the other wizards and witches. Honestly, I just can't wait for the next episode to come out. But in the meantime, don't forget to check out our new segment called The Death Address. We've already released the first two episodes about Attila the Hun and Einstein. Don't miss out on the next one about Sigurd the Viking and Artemisia. Write to us on our social media pages or send us an email, deathshifters at gmail.com. We'll feature your question on one of our episodes while giving you a shout out. We also have some things in the work here at Death Shifter that I think everybody will like. Dakota's going to have a guest appearance on a few different podcast shows coming up. You won't want to miss those, so make sure you follow our pages and get the dates. Yeah, I'm a little nervous and excited for it. Once we finish out all the details, I'll let everyone know where you can listen in. We will also have a guest join us for one of the last episodes of Season 1, so keep an eye out for that, too. You said something about them making music, too. I'm excited about everything coming up. Uh, it looks like DG had way too much of the good stuff today. He's over in the corner again, so I'll take it away. We again want to thank Anchor for giving us an easy and reliable place to make our podcast. They also distribute it to the different platforms for all of you to listen in, which is pretty awesome. Remember to follow us on YouTube, Pandora, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or just go to our website at www.deathshifter.com. You'll find all the links there as well as down below in the episode description. If you're interested in supporting us and gaining access to exclusive trailers, bonus episodes, and more, check out patreon.com deathshifter. Don't forget to subscribe and share the Death Shifter name. Thanks for listening, and remember... Don't forget to check it out.